You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For Panther fans who want to keep pounding. For the ones who want an inside look at the vault. This is this 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 is views from Midstream. Now, here's your host, Lonzo Wrightsell and Rob Brown. And away we go, ladies and gentlemen, with a brand new edition of the Views from Midstream podcast, your home for Carolina Panther football talk across the internet, around the world. It's the Views from Midstreet Podcast. Welcome in, one and all, ladies and gentlemen, big and small. I made that up on the spot. Eat it, Dr. Seuss. I'm very good at this. My name is Rob Brown, the host of the Rob Brown Show here in Greenville, South Carolina, right in the heart of Carolina Panther country. And, of course, joining me, as always, on the other side of our very metaphorical glass, he is my co-host. He is the great one, Lonzo Reitzel, and we are set to talk game day action as we've got a road trip. The first one in a while for the Carolina Panthers, but the first one in a while is the longest one in a while as the Panthers travel to the other side of this great continent to take on the reigning, defending, undisputed Super Bowl champions and also two and three Los Angeles Rams, a team, ladies and gentlemen, That is a game back in the NFC West of the San Francisco 49ers, who we just played last weekend and who we played pretty well for a half until it all fell apart in the second half. Of course, if you've been keeping up with the views from Mint Street Podcast or I don't know any television anywhere for the past few days, you know that Matt Rule has been canned. Therefore, Steve Wilkes, the interim head coach, will make his debut with the headset and the clipboard this Sunday on the road and we're going to get into that here in just a minute but before we get into the x's and the o's the jimmies and the joes lonzo just your opening thoughts on this game coming off of not a week uh, with a loss against san francisco but a week in which the head coach has been let go the defensive coordinator has been let go the defensing defensive passing game coordinator has been elevated into the interim role and we've had some players go both directions. P.J. Walker came out, said, hey, look, the team was very much with Matt Rule. The team was very much in his corner. The team very much liked him. And then Robbie Anderson got asked at his locker after a post-practice presser, and he basically went, uh, eh, eh. and Robbie Anderson, by the way, is a Matt Rule guy, played for him in college. And Robbie Anderson, when asked, sounded very middle-of-the-road, very fence-sitting about the release of Matt Rule. So Zoe with that in mind, with the knowledge that the Rams are defending a world championship but are also 2-3 and three and also second place in their own division, just your initial thoughts on what this contest looks like. All right, so first of all, Christian McCaffrey was asked the same question, and he said that that everybody liked Matt Rule, and, and one thing about that Matt Rule did is he made everyone feel like a family, and the way he coached brought everyone closer together. 
And he's like, this is the closest team I've ever been on. So <clears throat> Robbie Anderson going the opposite direction, not really a surprise because he's the one, uh, I don't want Baker here and all this. He's, he's, he's the loud voice in the room. He is. And they have no reason to have to uh, stay uh, on the same uh, level, the same the, the same page as far as it comes to Matt Rule. This is usually when you hear all the disgruntled, yeah, you know, he did this wrong, he did this wrong, we're, we're, we're happy for Coach Wilkes and all that kind of stuff. But we're still not here. And there's, there's time. There is time, especially on a team that's basically a losing team right now. You usually would hear a lot more louder voices, but we're not hearing that right now. Except for, as you said, Robbie Anderson. The Steve Wilkes uh, press conferences I've really enjoyed. Um, he's kind of cliche and uh, one one day at a, a time, one day at a time type of thing. Um, the fact that he had them in pads uh, on a day, he's going, we're going to get back to normal, which implies that the way that Matt Rule was coaching them was not normal as far as uh, hitting schedule goes and all that kind of stuff. And one of the things that Tepper said in his press conference when asked why uh, he decided to go ahead and let Matt Rule go, uh, he was saying lack of motivation. So somewhere in that San Francisco game, it looked like these are, these are the, what I think he was saying, it looks like the team quit. And I think that's he was looking for that, and he saw that. And you could kind of see it in the San Francisco game. But I think that also coincides with Baker getting hurt. When Baker got hurt, it changed a little bit. Um, so there's just so many things about this entire week and not knowing how this team is actually going to play because, you know, your coach just got fired. Are you motivated uh, because you want to show that you're a better team than what just got your coach fired? Or are you motivated by, you know, the guy who's the head coach now? And what does it say if you get a victory? And you're going up against the team that – has not looked like the Super Bowl champions. So, but I know I'm all over the place here. You ask my thoughts. The other thing is, you're also going into this with a third string quarterback. Yeah, Baker Mayfield, walking boot. There were rumors floating around Remember today. I, I saw today he's out of the boot, and 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 that's and fine. in cleats, but no helmet. Right. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you right now, Baker's not playing in this game. All right, he's not. I've seen a lot of I don't know. a lot of social media discussion about the possibility that Baker would come back, and that even if he's not one hundred percent, though Ben McAdoo is still calling plays, there's also been a lot of discussion that Steve Wilkes might have the rocks to object to and overrule Ben McAdoo plays, and that Baker might get excited and try to come back. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Settle down for the 17 of you that think Baker Mayfield is going to WWE Royal Rumble surprise us out of the gates. All right, He's it, not. PJ's eight, playing Sunday. It's 18. you got to include me in there. Cause, cause, 18, cause including I, I believe, my co-host. I believe a swerve is coming. I believe a swerve is coming. Uh, he's got to at least be the emergency quarterback. No. So, yeah. We'll see. We'll see Sunday. We will. If he's out there and he's fully dressed, there's a possibility that what did he do uh, last year in Cleveland? He played through a lot of in- uh, sure. injuries. Sure. None of them, if I recall correctly, were an ankle sprain. If if Baker Mayfield was playing well right now and hurt, would you think he'd play? Mm-hmm. Is the fact that he's not playing well makes you think maybe the third-string quarterback can do just as well. P.J. Walker could do just as well. Let me make it abundantly clear. Baker Mayfield's not playing this Sunday. 
Get it out of your heads. Get it out of your hearts. E- even those of you like me, and you I can't take it group. out of my heart, Rob Brown. Let me. It's in my heart, man. Let me. Let me include myself in one group. I really am hoping that Steve Wilkes, despite being a defensive passing strategist, uh, understands and gets it enough that he will come in, object to some Ben McAdoo plays, and kind of will see a little bit of a shift in the way that we call and execute plays. I really do hope that, and I hope that it's to the benefit uh, of Baker Mayfield. I don't believe that Baker Mayfield is a Hall of Famer. I also do not believe Baker Mayfield has the worst quarterback rating of any quarterback through a five-game stretch making their debut for a new team with the exception of one guy. You know who the only guy to have since QBR in starting five games has been recorded? There have been there has been one guy with an initial five games worse than the debut of Baker Mayfield. And I I include everybody. You know the one guy that was work, worth, worse was? Jamarcus Bleeping Russell. The only guy with the worst five worse five-game stretch out of the gate, then Baker, which Demarcus Russell. Deshaun Kaiser with Cleveland had a better initial five games than Baker Mayfield, according to QBR. Demarcus Russell, did he eat his way out of the— Yes. Yeah, I I thought he did. Yes. I thought he did. It was that bad. You make that money and you eat that food. It's tasty. Um, Baker Mayfield is not a pro bowler, but he is not historically bad. You know what I see? You're right. He's not historically bad, which means the only way to go is up. up is absolutely up, which is why he's going to play this weekend, and he's going to shock the world and, and, and play well and and make it out of the cellar and be like the 31st-ranked quarterback. on, ladies and Striving gentlemen. Striving for 31, man. Striving for 31. Moving on, because Baker is not playing this weekend. Uh, you know, you, you, you brought up the mentality of a team – playing under an interim head coach. And, you know, listen, in an ideal world, yes, this team wants to come out. This team wants to absolve itself of its one in four start. This team wants to shed the ick of what was happening under Matt Rule. And I'm sure that there are a lot of guys that have played, including, by the way, a few that played under Steve Wilkes when he was at Arizona that are going to want to come out and prove that Steve Wilkes is not a bridge coach, right? Like, and, and if you haven't picked up on this yet, Lonzo and I are both wrestling guys. Uh, Steve Wilkes wants to prove he's not an interim champion, right? Like in wrestling, when one guy has the belt and they want to put the championship on another belt, but they don't want to have that guy that has the belt lose to the guy that's going to get the belt because maybe they want to use him in a few later. They have the guy that has the belt lose in a cheat or a a dirty finish to a guy that they put a belt on for him to carry it around for a week and then give it to the, the guy that they want it on. Steve Wilkes doesn't want to be an interim champion for the second time. So you go back and you look at who Steve at who Steve Wilkes was and who the Arizona Cardinal was when he went three and thirteen with that team. Wilkes did not get a chance to hire his own staff. Wilkes did not get an opportunity to roster build. Wilkes did not get an opportunity to draft the guy he wanted. In fact, according to where it is mentioned specifically and by name in the Brian Flores lawsuit, Steve Wilkes put into that lawsuit that he wanted to trade up in the draft 
for who? Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Josh Allen. He wanted to trade up for Josh Allen. The Cardinals said no. They still traded up, but they traded up for Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen led the Cardinals through a 3-13 and season. Yeah, you can't say his name multiple times. No, you can't, and you should not. He might might show up, but you don't want that to happen. Yup. When... uh, Steve Wilkes got fired from the Cardinals for going three and 13 and passing on Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen the next year was still the quarterback and they fired Wilkes and they brought in Cliff Kingsbury. And what was the very first personnel move that Cliff Kingsbury made when he showed up in Arizona? He sent Josh Rosen to Miami and what did Cliff Kingsbury use that top pick for? Kyler Murray. Now, you may not be a Kyler Murray fan, but I think we all agree. I think we'd all agree. We'd rather have you, Kyler Murray than not, Josh Rosen. You're not, you're not sure about me, but correct. Yeah, yes, Kyler Murray is better over than Josh, Josh Rosen. Rosen. Yes, he is. But if I offered you Kyler Murray, and granted, some of this might be. By the way, shout out to our guy that's been on this podcast from Arizona. <laughs> he ain't, he ain't six foot bagging. tall, man. He's not six foot still tall. Still bagging on Kyler. Uh, if I offered you the opportunity, if you're Arizona, to have Kyler Murray or Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Josh Allen, which one are you taking? Josh Allen. Correct. Correct. You may you may love Kyler and hate Josh Allen, but the better quarterback right now is Josh Allen. The point of all of this is I've seen some Panthers fans go, hey, he's three and thirteen. Like why like why is he the guy? He's three and thirteen against the team that they're that 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 feel that people feel so strongly that the Cardinals screwed him out of a chance to succeed that it's in a freaking lawsuit at this point. Now, I don't know that Steve Wilkes is a good head coach or not, but the point is neither do you. And that's why I mentioned in the Wednesday and the Monday pod. I think we kind of know who wasn't correct. Correct. Uh, That's why I've mentioned in the last two podcasts that the reason this is interesting for me is that I truly believe this is an on the field audition for Steve Wilkes. What does Steve Wilkes need to do if he wants to take the interim title off of his title and just become the head coach of the Panthers? I'll tell you where a great start would be. Go on the road and shock the defending Super Bowl champions. Let's talk about if we can get that done. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the Views from Mint Street podcast, available where major podcasts are found on Stitcher, on Spotify, on Google Play, on Apple iTunes, or free on the Odyssey app. You don't even have to download anything outside of the app. Just go to the Views from Mint Street podcast, subscribe to that podcast, and download 
every episode. Make sure as well that you tell your friends about us or if you got a smart speaker. Actually, if you see, I did this the other day. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to come clean. Uh, the other day, about I guess about a week ago, uh, I was at a, a buddy of mine's house. We were having a little a little baseball get together, watching a little regular season wrap up Braves baseball. Uh, I went into the restroom to use the restroom, and he had an Alexa in there. And I went, Alexa, play Views from Mint Street. And she went, playing Views from Mint Street podcast on Odyssey. And then I just left it on. So I don't know who went in to the bathroom after that, but they all heard the delectable sounds of Rob Brown and Lonzo Reitzel. You, you didn't close the door afterwards, did you? Because they may have thought you were still in there and, and like no, talking I, no, on no, the no. phone I, or something. I, not only did I not close the door, but I turned the, the, the volume on his Alexa up so that anybody walking down the hall would be like, why is Rob in the bathroom? Oh, God, he's not. What What is happening? It made me happy. So if you see a smart speaker, don't even care if it's yours. If you see a smart speaker... Tell that smart speaker to play the Views from Mint Street podcast and alert you when a new episode drops. We'd appreciate it. All right. Let's get into the X's and O's of C-A-R at L-A-R. The Cats at the Rams coming up this weekend. And you guys know that on Fridays, I love to deep dive stats. I love to deep dive stats. Lonzo, not as big of a stat guy as Rob Brown. So let's hit him, shall we? Let's take a look at this. The Panthers are, as of right now, in terms of total yards per game, the worst in the league. After last week, we fell to an average of 271.4 yards per game. That is good for dead last in the National Football League. But here's the good good news. The Rams, who won the NFL last year, in fairness, the Rams had a really good defense behind Von Miller, who has moved on, obviously, now to Buffalo, where he's playing with Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Josh Allen, Josh Allen. But the Rams had a pretty good def- or a pretty good offense behind Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, et cetera, et cetera. The Rams right now, in, total, in terms of total yards per game, 26th in the National Football League, averaging a fraction of a yard under 300 yards per game. So the bad news is they're outgaining us by 30 yards a game. The good news is it's only 30 yards a game. That's 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 one failed drive, basically better. Rushing yards per game, and this is where this gets interesting because I really do believe that if Carolina is going to pull an upset over the L.A. Rams, we are the largest underdogs in the National Football League this weekend. We are minus 10. You can get 10 and a hook depending on some books you look at. Rushing yards per game. Rushing yards per game. We, at 89.8 rushing yards per game, are 27th in the league. Lonzo with Cam Akers, with Cooper Cup. If I ask you to guess where the Rams rank in the National Football League in rushing yards per game, what would your guess be? 29. They are dead last. Hmm. Right. That is the correct response. With Cam Akers, who disappeared in week one. Remember that week one game? Cam Akers touched the ball, I think, three times. They did a Ben McAdoo with Christian McCaffrey in week four. Why is Cam Akers touching the ball? I'm happy if Cam Akers touches the ball three times in this game. They are dead last in the league and not only dead last, whereas we are 27th, they're 32nd. They are averaging less than 63 rushing yards per game right now. Now, you might think that's okay. You got Matt Stafford. You got a good wide receiver core with Cooper Cup on the outside. But Matt Stafford has been sacked, I believe, five times in the last two games, including, including, 
a fumble return for a touchdown by the Dallas Cowboys in their 22-10 loss last weekend. That was on the third play from scrimmage. And that play 100% set the tone of Dallas putting the good old beat down on the Rams last week. Well, I would argue that the Carolina Panthers' front seven are every bit, if, if not as good, just slightly behind the Dallas front seven. If Dallas can come out and generate a turnover that directly results in points, granted our offense is nowhere near Dallas's because Cooper Rush is amazing, obviously. But if we can generate a turnover early that leads to points that allows you to feel comfortable putting more pressure on Matt Stafford, a man who has been getting the heck beat out of him for the past few weeks. Lonzo, we set the tone. There's a chance we surprise some people. And for for a couple of weeks there, the defense were getting were scoring points. Last week they did not. So if you get in there and you and you harass Stafford, you really got a shot at it. And you talking about the running game not being that good for the Rams. You're right. That does bode well for for the Panthers because even with some injuries, the defensive backfield for the Panthers is still pretty good. They really are. And so you force Stafford to be the one to beat you, you got a better shot at winning. And uh, on the other side, if you actually start running the ball, that puts more pressure on Stafford to have to throw it. Good news, bad news about that. Good news is – uh, I should say bad news is they're much better at passing the ball than they are running it. They are not dead last in passing. Good news is they are still in the back half of the league at 237 net passing yards per game. That's good for 18th. But with the pass comes the threat of the sack. Matt Stafford has been sacked. We have played five football games. Matt Stafford has been sacked 21 times. The Rams have given up more sacks than every other team in the National Football League. Wait, wait, wait. Right More than Cincinnati? More than Cincinnati. Man. And my man Joey B has PTSD right now. Zoe sent me a clip of a presser where a dude coughed in the press conference and Joey B jumped. My dude is having Vietnam-style flashbacks. He's been hit so much, and he has not been hit as often as Matt Stafford, who, by the way, as of late, has started losing the football when he gets hit. Matt Stafford is a fine quarterback. I said when he, in fact, as a matter of fact, I won a bet with another host on this show because when Detroit traded Matt Stafford to L.A. for Jared Goff, I said, I because he said, oh, the, the, the Rams have done it. They've killed themselves. Stafford sucks. I said, watch out for Stafford. He's a fine quarterback. The Rams will go. The bet was, will they go to the postseason? Not, not win the Super Bowl. Will they go? And I said, not only will they go, they'll win at least one playoff game. They won the damn Super Bowl. All right? Stafford's a fine quarterback. But, like any other quarterback, you pop that dude 10, 11, 12, 13 times in a game, he will get jittery and make mistakes. Also, they have also, created turnovers. Keep in mind that before the season started, they talked about him having a bad arm. Yep. And an injured arm where he was it was skeptical about what, whether he would even start the season because of how bad that arm was hurting. So chances are that arm is still hurt. And that might be one of the reasons why he's losing the ball so much. Get after Matt Stafford. Be aggressive. And this is why I'm really interested in having the defense be called by Wilkes and not Phil Snow because Phil Snow would occasionally bring pressure, but the way that he structured the defense 
was very college style. And you pretty much just got you pretty got pretty much when we blitz got vanilla blitzes, right? You, there was nothing special. Wilkes is a guy who, as a passing game strategist, is going to know what Matt Stafford's passing game looks like more than anybody else on that sideline. And I think we'll get a bit a little bit more creative with the blitzes. I think we have got to show and another wrestling reference made on the show ruthless aggression when it comes to the blitz. Get after that because. Stafford turns the ball over. He has been sacked more than any other quarterback in the league. Andre Whitworth retiring and leaving the Rams was a freaking blow to that offensive line. And they have not looked anything like last year's iterations. We can talk all about how bad the Bungles offensive line has been all we want, but the Rams has surprisingly and statistically been worth. I am telling you right now, I am sitting Derek Brown down. I am sitting Gross Matos down. I am sitting Brian Burns down. I am sitting all three of them down on Sunday before the game. Hey, boys, feast. Sick them. Get them. I want you to go out there. I want you to play like your job is to ruin Matt Stafford's psyche. I want him leaving this game regretting the decision to play football because you will get sacks. You will get turnovers, and you give yourself a phenomenal chance to influence this game before Matt Stafford gets. If Matt Stafford gets into a rhythm with Cooper Cup, despite how good the secondary's been, we're in trouble. I would love if the secondary was rarely called upon in this game because Matt Stafford's getting rattled and rattled early. All right, so Wilkes has talked about being aggressive in his in his press conferences, so I think that's what we're going to see. Something else to factor in is all the rumors of a fire sale at Carolina, meaning they may be trading some of their better players away. And if you look at it, most of their really good players are on defense. So these guys have got to be thinking this. If I don't play well, uh, it's going to hurt me because I may be going somewhere else. And if I do play well and I do get traded, I got a chance to make more money from another team. There's no you no got a chance reason. to go to a good team. Correct. So uh, you've got the only every... teams in the trade market right now are teams that are looking to add pieces for a playoff. Right? right. Right. So so they have every reason to play extra aggressive this week, especially going up against the uh, reigning Super Bowl champions. That is a fact. Let me give you one number that jumped out at me immediately. We've all been complaining about the fact, what, offensively we're not scoring enough points, right? Like we had the Saints game where the offense looked good, but outside of that, we just haven't scored enough points. We haven't been able to finish drives. We right now are getting 18.6 average points per game. 18.6. That is tied for 24th in the league. Let's play our our, uh, Views from Mint Street Home Edition one more time with our friend Lonzo here. Lonzo, if I asked you where on the points per game rankings the LA Rams were right now, what would your guess be? somewhere around the middle, like 16, 17. How about 29th? Hmm. How about the LA Rams scoring over? Wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. Cooper Cup's on that team. How Correct. can they be down that low? Correct. How about the LA Rams scoring over two and a half points fewer than the Carolina Panthers per game right now? We are, we are averaging 18.6 points per game. The Rams... 16 points per game. Now, what's been the one big stat that everybody with a microphone has loved to point out about the Carolina Panthers under Matt Rule? One and what is it now? One and 28, I think. 
when the opponent scores 17 points or more. Yeah, but that was under Matt Rule. Don't, don't, don't we just start that over again? Because it's not Matt Rule anymore. It's the same. T- I agree, and I'm I'm, re- I'm ready to shed that skin like a snake and move on, all right? But that stat is still that stat for the Panthers, whether it's Matt Rule or anybody else. The Rams do not average 17 points a game. Defensively, we have one job. Keep them on the low side of their average. If you keep the L.A. Rams on the low side of their average at that 16 points or lower, then all of a sudden that record when the team scores over 17 becomes irrelevant. You don't have that bugaboo chasing you down, and you got to feel a little bit more comfort. you got to feel a little bit more secure. That is really interesting. Now, here is where the numbers get a little bit uglier. Shockingly, when you look at the defensive side of the football, the Rams are better than the Panthers. Total yards per game surrendered. The Panthers are giving up 356.2. The Rams, 321. It is a 45 yards difference. Not hundreds of yards, but again, 45 yards is a touchdown drive of a decent length. Rushing yards per game. The Panthers are giving up 137.8. Good for 27th in the league. The Rams giving up 106 running yards per game. Top half of the league. Passing yards per game. We are 17th, giving up 218.4. The Rams, 214. So only four yards difference, but that four yards makes up the difference between 13th and 17th. Sacks. We have created eight sacks, tied for 25th. They've created 10, tied for 18th. Third down efficiency, not a terrible difference here. We're 21st, they're 22nd. We're actually doing a better job on third down, but just barely. Five takeaways for the Panthers, seven for the Rams, and points allowed per game. Dig this number. The Panthers allowing 24.4 points per game. The Rams, 23.2. They are giving up one fewer point per game on average than we are, but we are scoring right now points per game a full two and a half more than them. Now, mathematics don't win or lose you football games. Statistics don't win or lose you football game. While they are better defensively than us, Lonzo, we are scoring more points than them, and we are just only barely giving up more points for them. This 10 and a half point line by Vegas, I find very interesting, and I'll be real with you. The majority of the betters are bringing their money to the Rams right now. But when I look these numbers up and down, I think we've got a shot to surprise some people. All right, so we talked numbers. Let's talk position players. You're listening to the Views from Mint Street podcast. Wherever major podcasts are found, do us a favor. Make sure you are subscribed, especially if this is the first episode that you have listened to. Make sure you go to Spotify or Stitcher or Google Play or iTunes or Uh, Free on the Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcasts, and make sure you are subscribed to and alerted about. Make sure you're alerted because we drop pods all the time, and you want to make sure you don't miss one. Grab it wherever major podcasts are found. Uh, I'll tell you one spot in this game, Lonzo, that I have not seen a lot of the major preview sites really talk about. Special teams is going to be a critical factor in this game. Neither one of these offenses scores a lot. Both of these offenses punt a lot, which means that both of these teams are going to have an opportunity to bring some back 
this weekend. LaVisca Chenault Jr. had that big kickoff return against the Saints, but Raheem Blackshear put together a handful of really good returns against the 49ers last week. Blackshear's 200-yard effort, the most for any NFL player as a return man in a single game this season and tied for the second biggest number of return yards in Panthers history. And we talked about stats. Carolina has 426 kickoff return yards, which currently leads the NFL. It is also the most for the Panthers through week five since back in 2010. All right, so you can look at that another way and say, well, the Panthers have been scored on Got so much. Got a lot much. of chances. Yeah, so they have more opportunity. But, yeah, he almost broke a couple there. Sure did. He really did. He looked – He looked. you know, the really good uh, returners, they're able to cause a couple guys to miss, and then they lay the wood on whoever does take them down. The the As you mentioned, and, and I wanted to talk about this when we talked about defensive statistics just a minute ago, right, in that last segment. The defensive statistics say, statistically speaking, that the Rams' defense is better than the Panthers. And they might be. They might be, right? Looking looking personnel group to personnel group, they might be. But the other thing that you have to consider when you look at those rankings, as Lonzo just mentioned, and correctly so regarding special teams, the reason, scratch that, a reason that the Panthers have as many special teams yards as they do is because they get a lot more cracks at it, right? We've given up some points. But... The same, the same logic can be applied to the Carolina defense. When opposing teams are getting more possessions per game than any other team in the NFL, when we are the worst third-down conversion rate team offensively in the National Football League, and it's not particularly close. In fact, as of right now, we are the worst since the metric has been recorded. The worst third-down offense in the history of the NFL since that stat's been recorded. Part of the reason that the defense has given up as many yards, as many points, et cetera, as they do statistically speaking is because... Because they tired. Because they tired. Because the defense has been on the field more than pretty much every other NFL defense so far. In fact, statistically, time of possession-wise, we are very much towards, if not as of right now, at the bottom of the league in terms of total time of possession, which means your defense leads the league. In time that they have spent on the field, and that is a part of the reason why. We have injuries, guys are being asked to play more than they regularly would, and we have given up so much. But that being said, the return game for both teams is going to have a crack to make a difference this week. If we can pop one, Chenault did against the Saints, Blackshear should have against the 49ers. If we can pop one off on special teams, and, and I'll go ahead and put this one out there right now. If we score a special teams touchdown, Lonzo, we will win this game. If we get one back on a punt return or a kickoff return, if we score a special teams touchdown in this game, unless the Rams do too, we will win this football game. What a prediction right there. I'd, I'm going to go with you on this for sure. Uh, and the other, the other advantage, I think we have an advantage of punter. You talked about field position. He's gotten plenty of, of chances to punt and is doing a great job. So you give them a longer field with their struggling offense, and then you got a better chance to get, get them uh, three and out. So the punting game also very, very important in this game. By the way, who is the Carolina Panthers punter right now? It's Johnny Hecker. Johnny Hecker. Where did Hecker come from? The Rams, where he won a Super Bowl last year. Who is the Rams punter right now? Riley Dixon is the punter. 
Riley Dixon has some big shoes to fill over there in L.A. He is a six-year veteran. He is 29 years old. And, and I hate to say this, you don't want your team's punter to be known, right? You'd prefer if he never played. That's great. Uh, who was it? I think uh, uh, Thomas Morstead with the Dolphins a couple weeks ago, back before Tua got banged up. Morstead had a game where I think he punted one time, right? In week one or week two, had a game where, and they talked to him. They're like, you know, do, do you like when you don't? And he's like, dude, I'd prefer if I never saw the field, right? Obviously, I want to never see the field. Yeah, he still gets paid, you know, so, so that works. And you're probably going to win the game if you never punt. Riley Dixon got brought in because they didn't have Johnny Hecker anymore. Hecker is going to be a weapon in this game. And, and, and granted, when Hecker left the Rams, he didn't do it under bad circumstances, right? He didn't leave the Rams like the Rams. It basically came down to Johnny Hecker was going to be making like $3.3 million against the salary cap. And the Rams, especially considering they are still trying to get Odell Beckham Jr. back, wanted to minimize the cap. They didn't want to go crazy on a punter. We had a little room. We made a move to get one of the best punters in the league in there. Punters are going to be chess pieces. They ain't the queen, but they absolutely will be like the bishop in this, in that this, this punter battle Whoever wins the field position battle has got a really good chance. I actually think this game could be closer than the 10.5 Vegas thinks it is, but special teams is going to be a big chunk of that, and these two punters will have a massive say in this because let's be real. Both offenses are sputtering right now, right? Both offenses are struggling right now. If you have a punter who has a big day and flips the field two or three or four times, that'll go a long way towards the Panthers' upset. All right, we've went this entire podcast, and we haven't talked offense yet. I think, I think you're trying to avoid let's it. Let's do it. I think you're trying to avoid the fact that the Panthers need to run the ball with their stable of running backs. And from everything I'm hearing, from everything I'm seeing, that's probably what they're going to do. The bad part is the Rams know that that's probably what they're going to do, especially with P.J. Walker back there as a quarterback. I think they're going to doubt him. They probably uh, have forgotten that he started, what, two games last year, I think it was. And so he's had playing time. So this isn't, isn't the first time if he were to play, if Baker's not playing, and I'm not going to give that up. Baker's uh, not playing. But so if he were to play, I think the first thought, if you are the Rams uh, defense, is that the Panthers are going to run the ball. They're going to run the ball anyway. But P.J. Walker can throw the ball too, but he can also run himself. So I think the running game is key to this. It ha- I've been saying this every single week, but this week especially it's going to be the key to this. Even uh, Christian McCaffrey was asked in the press conference, I think a couple times, uh, or or at his locker, if they're going to run the ball more, and he expertly avoided the question. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now. He could if he if if McCaffrey looked at the camera and said, "Hey man, feed me, feed me." Would you be Would you be okay? That's not him. That's not how he does things, and I get that. But it would have been a pleasant surprise if he had done that. Yeah, I mean, and it would have been the time, but at the same time, I think Christian McCaffrey is a smart cat, and he recognizes that if he makes that call, it kind of puts pressure on on Steve Wilkes. Granted, I would love the pressure to be on Ben McAdoo, not Steve Wilkes, but Steve Wilkes is auditioning for a job. You know, speaking of that, speaking of that, there's more pressure on McAdoo this week than probably at any other time. Absolutely. Absolutely, because McAdoo doesn't get to play it off as I'm, I'm Matt Rule stooge anymore. McAdoo's now kind of on his own, and knowing that Steve, – because Steve Wilkes, they asked Steve Wilkes in a presser, did you fire Phil Snow? And he basically said, yup. He went Pam Beasley, yup. Sure did. Uh, ben McAdoo was asked, did he think he was going to get fired when Phil Snow got fired? And his answer was, and I quote – 
any day you show up at the facility and your key card still works is a good day. Let me translate that for you. Kind of. I kind of thought I was getting canned. McAdoo knows the pressure is on him and not on Matt Rule anymore because you got a defensive-minded head coach. McAdoo knows what happens to the offense is now on him, and you got to think that he knows, especially. I'll tell you what. I think for, for you, Mr. Run the Ball more over there, I think P.J. Walker starting is the best thing happening to this offense for a guy of your mentality. Why? Because you do not want to win and lose this game based on P.J. Walker's arms. You want to win or lose this game based on Christian McCaffrey's legs, based on Chuba Hubbard's legs. You want to win this based on your running backs at this point. You want to talk about running the ball? Carolina better run the ball 50 freaking times in this game and allow it to go, all right, Rams, you want to stop us? You better bring everybody in the box and let's create some situations on the on the outside where PJ Walker gets to trust DJ and Robbie to win those battles one-on-one on the outside because everybody else is loading the box I want to see I'm, I'm not kidding when I say 40 runs out of this team this week and force LA to play the run to give PJ his best chance at being successful this game this outcome for the Panthers is predicated, and I genuinely think for the very first time, on whether or not they listen to Lonzo Reitzel. And they should, but if I were Ben McAdoo, the first play I would call would be a deep ball. Just go yad. <laughs> yeah, because because everyone's going to be looking, okay, they're going to run the ball, yeah. they're going to run the ball. So if you, if, you, if you come out there and you see them already loading the box, just take, take one deep shot the very first play, then start running the ball. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I'm interested to do it. Uh, by the way, there are two players in the National Football League at this point who have four 100-yard games th- so far this season. Nick Chubb and Christian McCaffrey, the only two guys to do it at this point. Utilize that. I will also tell you that, based on what we talked about back in the first segment, with that Robbie Anderson, when they asked him if he was going to miss Matt Rule, and he's kind of like, eh, eh, eh. I'm going to tell you right now. Robbie Anderson, if, if if that was him being genuinely honest and not, uh, there's kind of a part of me that wonders like, okay, was he hyping up Steve Wilkes a little bit here, right? Like, Because Wilkes knows the reports have been that the locker room was very much still with Matt Rule up until the firing. And, you know, there, there might be a little bit of intimidation for Steve Wilkes. If he walks, if he's like, okay, these guys love Matt Rule, what happens if I walk into the locker room and they're all like, you ain't coach, you ain't, can't sit here, you ain't coach. Right. Then he might be a little intimidated and, and, and pull back a little bit. So I don't wonder if a couple of the guys that have said, hey, we're ready to move on. We're ready to go to the new era. Aren't doing it to kind of pump up Steve Wilkes a little bit. But uh, if I'm Wilkes and I'm McAdoo, I'm going to Robbie Anderson and I'm like, hey, bro, this show time. Right. This is your time. This is your shot to go big game. Robbie honest go big game rob go out there and smoke that meat wagon for about a buck 75 and a pair of touchdowns and let's get you talked about again especially considering look i i don't know and i don't think too many of the foundational players are genuinely on the trade block right i actually think the only guy that would even be entertained as a trade option right now is christian mccaffrey but if robbie anderson's on that block dude whether you're going or staying this is your time to put on a show and make PJ Walker look like a star. All of that being said, Lonzo, run the goddamn football. 
as Richard Sherman said. Absolutely. That's what you got to do. I've been calling on that for a while, and I'm not the only one. Everyone's calling for that, especially when you have Christian McCaffrey and you have other running backs in the stable who are perfectly capable of doing it. Not just that. Do some pop passes. Get Robbie Anderson. Get those guys involved by getting them the ball. And and the quickest way to do that, even though it's counted as a pass, is basically a, a handoff. Do some pop passes. Do some screens. Do some things like that. There's so many things they can do, and this is probably the team to do it against. Um, but McAdoo has got to know that if he has a bad, bad game and doesn't run the ball, that he could probably be uh yeah tepper said very publicly it's up to steve wilkes who stays and goes yeah it's up to wilkes i don't know who the next guy would be uh but let me let me give you let me give you if you if you've ever had to look over your shoulder knowing that you're doing a bad job and that someone could be taking your job at any time it makes you focus it makes you do your best and uh we're gonna see what mcadoo has in him that's fact He's, he's got to know. Again, he's looking at Steve Wilkes and recognizing that this dude is not my colleague now. He's my boss, right? And if Tepper was being honest, which it looks like he was, when he said who stays and who goes is entirely up to Steve Wilkes, not only does McAdoo have to understand he's got to look back over his shoulder, although honestly, I think part of the reason McAdoo's there is who the hell else are you going to bring in as offensive By coordinator? Way, favorite picture this week is McAdoo and Wilkes showing up to work together. And and they're talking oh, yeah. as they're walking. Yeah, and all I could all I could think all I could hear in my head, you know, Ben, run the ball. Yeah, 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 run the so, ball. So so McAdoo's looking over his shoulder because he knows his job's on the line. Although, like I said, I think he's got a little bit of job security in that. Who the hell else are you bringing in to be your play caller, right? Because uh, not just that. Nobody's going to take a midseason OC job right now under an interim head coach, right? Because if that interim coach doesn't become the head coach, the next guy that comes in next year is not keeping you around. I don't so know. It's a- Unless you're on the staff or if you're maybe a retiree and, and or someone looking to get back in yeah, the I game. Mean, like, I'll tell you, uh, like if, if they, uh, but again, if there is somebody who's got that much ability right now, they're already an offensive coordinator unless they are retired, but I can't think of anybody who fits that mold, right? So McAdoo knows – that he's got a little bit of job security and who the hell else is going to come in and take the job. Hell, a lot of people think half the reason Ben McAdoo's there is because nobody else wanted that job, knowing that Matt Rule was on the hot seat from week one. It turns out that prediction turned out to be correct. But on the flip side, as much as Ben McAdoo might be coaching for his job, so is Steve Wilkes right now. And if Steve Wilkes gets to the point that he goes, McAdoo is so bad that I believe there's another guy on this staff that I would trust more to call the place, then McAdoo's gone too because Steve Wilkes knows he wants to be a head coach. That Flores lawsuit proved it. He knows this is an on-the-job audition for him, and he's got to rely on his OC to make him look good. So if Ben McAdoo's not doing it, he's gone too. That is why I suspect we will run the ball quite a bit. Prediction on this game, Lonzo. Ah, man, this is tough. I know. It really really is tough. I uh, If Baker Mayfield plays, I think Carolina has a chance to win this game. Rob guarantees me, well, he can't guarantee, but close to guarantees me that Baker's not going to play. I find it hard to believe that they're going to win with P.J. Walker in there because I think they're going to be one-dimensional. They're finally going to run the ball, but they're probably not going to throw it as much. So I'm still going to say that, because other than one game, it's pretty much been close games every week. So I think Carolina's going to lose this. And I hate to say it, but I think they're going to lose maybe by three. Uh, I will tell you this. We 
on our show, on the Rob Brown show this morning, picked our, our lines. We picked our, our NFL and pro games, or NFL and college games for the weekend. And my gut reaction was to go Rams cover up 10 and a half. And now, after really deep diving it a little bit more, right, I, I, I think I've talked myself into thinking I probably should have picked the Panthers. I probably should have picked the Panthers to be inside 10 because I think there's a lot. And we've done this. I've done this with teams before. You look at a team and you think, you know, they're, they're due for a bounce back game, right? The Rams are too good to be this bad. They're too good to be two and three. Defensively, they're too good to be two and three. And offensively on paper, they're too good to be two and three. They got to go for a bounce back game. But then I, you know, the more I really thought about it, I kept thinking bounce back game, right? We're, we're, do not think that because Matt Rule's gone, all of a sudden the Panthers are world beaters. We're still not a good football team. We're just a new, we're just a bad football team pointed, not even going in a new direction. We just pointed in a new direction. That being said, we do have some strengths. And the strengths line up pretty good with the Rams' weaknesses overall. I am also go get, uh, I'm going to go Rams win the game. I'm going to go Rams win in the neighborhood of 27-21. I think it's far enough apart that we don't think, oh, we should have had them like we did with the Giants and the Browns. But I think it's close enough that we all come in here on Monday's edition of the pod and go, hey, there might be a little optimism here. There might be a little something to look forward to here. For the big cats. Lonzo, any final words for the people? Yeah, it's it's a new day. Keep your head up and keep pounding. It's a new day. Yes, it yes, is. Yes, it is. Do us a favor, ladies and gentlemen. Share the good word of the Views from Mint Street podcast. Share it around on your social. Give, it to, give the links to people. Tell them to pick it up on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Play, or free on the Odyssey app. We will be back on Monday with the Reaction Pod after the Carolina Panthers take on the LA Rams Sunday. 4.05 Eastern Standard Time. We, ladies and gentlemen, will see you then. For Lonzo Reitzel, I'm Rob Brown. We'll see you Monday on the Views from Mint Street Podcast. Keep pounding, baby!